You're listening to Movers and Shakers, the SailMove podcast on customer experience. SailMove, delivering the in-person customer experience online. To learn more, visit SailMove.com. I'm Jeffrey Mack, Director of Marketing at SailMove, and welcome to Movers and Shakers, a podcast that explores the world of customer experience through conversations with the influential business leaders tasked with delighting their customers at each and every opportunity. Today, our CEO, Dan McKelly, will be speaking to Noah Weiner, Vice President of Client Strategy at Be Found Online. In this episode, we'll talk about the value of customer advocacy in an organization. We'll also discuss the unique challenges an agency has in delivering a positive customer experience for two unique sets of customers. Finally, we'll learn the importance of getting the why. Welcome to another episode of Movers and Shakers, the customer experience podcast. Our mission is to find leaders who understand the importance of customer experience and learn from specific projects that they've worked on. Today, our guest is Noah Weiner. Noah is the Vice President of Client Strategy at BeFound Online, BFO, a marketing agency with offices in Chicago, London, and Singapore. At BFO, Noah is tasked with instilling customer advocacy across all channels of the business. Prior to BFO, Noah spent several years at Sim Partners, where he served as their de facto chief customer officer. Welcome, Noah. Hey, thank you. Thank you very much. Absolutely. So I want to start with our classic question. <laughs> How do you define customer experience? Sure. Well, I define customer experience as the personal way someone engages with a solution or a solution provider based upon their own personal expectations and needs. So it kind of ends up being a unique experience for everyone, even though we do strive to make that customer experience um, consistently positive. Uh huh. And and how do you think is that different from customer advocacy? What are how do they how do how do each of those relate to each other? Yeah, I guess as um, if you if you take customer advocacy as your marching orders um, as a company or as a department within a company, um, you become very very uh, uh, cognizant and uh, and locked into what is the customer's journey. What, what what are they experiencing? Are are you providing your user, so to speak, with a valuable experience? Um, as they interact with you and your brand, so to speak. Okay, so so customer advocacy is sort of a mandate uh, that guides customer experience. Yeah, I I, I would say that is true. Um, it's I, I see advocacy uh, as a a level up and above something like customer centric or being focused on the customer. I think, you know, every company that engages with customers is customer focused. They all want happy customers, more customers, engaged customers. Advocacy um, is sort of more, uh, a, uh, I don't know, maybe it's like a, a reminder to our company in particular that we are here um, to be responsible for our customers' best experience with our products and services. So um, does that, that make sense? Like the, 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 the difference between the two? Yeah, I believe so. I think that it it, it sort of ties to a uh, a guiding light or a vision in in, in some ways where where you, when you talk about customer advocacy. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, great. And and I guess you know another question that I that I was thinking about as you know in, as it relates to BFO. Um, what what do you think that you know from an agency standpoint? What are what are typically your clients' biggest areas of improvement when it comes to uh, customer advocacy or customer experience, or or how do you use those tools within the context of being an agency uh, when you work with your clients? Sure. Well, I mean, I think most most of our clients fit into. Uh, a, a few different buckets related to what they're looking to get out of an agency relationship. Um, they're, uh, you know, whether it's lead gen or branding or, uh, you know, what have you, you know, the, the typical uh, solutions that um, enterprise brands come to a digital agency to achieve. Um, the, the, the way in which we are trying to, um, I don't know, pay attention to and not forget those the reasons why they are engaging with us like why do they why do they need more leads today uh, that they didn't last year or why is noise next year why does it need to be uh, more productive than last year and uh, to focus on those their actual goals um, through advocacy right paying attention to more than what they're having us do but to why they're having us do it Mm-hmm. So that, that so how how is it that you get to that? How do you manage to distill that in 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 many cases? Is it, is it are you applying a specific kind of line of questioning or you know how do we you know because or 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 maybe the better question is how often do clients really know the why? Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, that's a great question. Um, I think I think clients do typically know the why, and in 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 our vernacular, when we're talking about why, we're really um, speaking to that overarching goal, um, an objective that the client has. Why are they buying our services? The way in which we kind of infuse that here at BFO is um, across all the different roles within the organization, um, we're making sure that everyone has a kind of a persistent customer goal vision um, that is uh, so when you, you ask like what kind of questions do, do we ask and stuff you know we, we we're big on the why the how and the what and uh, I think the easiest way to describe that is the what here at a digital marketing agency is the actual campaign execution or keyword development or content creation or mm-hmm. or you know that sort of the, the 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 busy work that is executed um, based upon some strategy and direction. The strategy and the direction of that what is what we refer to as the how. It's like, well, how are we going to execute things? You know, whether it's um, a content calendar or uh, a broad six or twelve or twenty-four month uh, campaign, like layering different different whether it's product releases or budgets that need to be spent. You know, what is driving the actual day-to-day execution? But that how is uh, in both of those things, the how and the what, those really describe the universe of services that a digital agency provides. But we only provide them because of the rationale that the customer is bringing, which is the why. So mm-hmm. we, we, we are striving to make sure that even the people um, that are um, 
responsible for the what, the day-to-day delivery of stuff, that they know why they're doing that what. That kind of sounds like a Dr. Zeus story here, but <laughs> we, want, we, want, you know, we want to make sure that if, if we're going to set a team um, down a content production path or a bid management path, um, at the end of the day, week, or month, or quarter, uh, we're going to have to roll back up a performance report or a summary back to the client to tell them how things went. So um, we want to make sure that every person in the company that is touching the client engagement knows that overarching why. And we have uh, roles within the company that are, are are chiefly charged with the why, the, the true advocacy. They're kind of like the, they're the client's voice, um, that, you know, our, our account director group, that these are the people that really manage the relationship for the customer, that drill in with the customer to understand their goals and objectives that can then produce measurable tactical um, execution programs that will measure back up to that overarching why or goal. Yeah, and I, you know, I think I... I, I... I've also, you know, when I when I think about customer experience, I also tend to uh, approach it in a very similar way, which is there, there's this there's this sort of different layers of it, right? You start with a, a basic at the at the you know there's the 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 center, what you're defining as the why is really what is it from a vision or mission standpoint that the customer wants to or that you want to achieve or that the customer wants to achieve, and then sort of concentric circles out of that right or or other layers on top of that which are the how and the what that you're discussing yep exactly uh, I, you could, I sometimes use an analogy um it, you could be like a, a car mechanic right i i come to a car mechanic with a problem with my car it won't start in cold weather or whatever it is right and i, I drop my car off and that's my why like i need mm-hmm. my car to start in cold weather um I, I leave and then the, co- the concentric circles happen, right? And the, the mechanic goes and does some diagnostic stuff and he realizes that, oh, it's an electrical problem. So I'm going to bring my electrical person in on this job. And that's another circle out. Now there's an electrical mechanic who's working on my car. And I come back three hours later and my car starts in the winter, right? Um, I, as the customer, I'm really only concerned about my why, like make my car start in the winter. I'm not... I don't really care how it happened. I mean, I'm interested. It's nice to know that it was an electrical problem. Um, it's nice to know that you did a diagnostic and made sure that nothing else was wrong with my car. But but I, I'm less concerned with the details there and more concerned with how they impact that that center of the circle, my why. Absolutely. And I, and so I, I think that's a great transition into taking this discussion to a, a, to an example and talking about how you've worked with one of your clients, uh, to achieve that, to, to uncover their why and to create a strategy and tactics around that why. Uh, so today's featured project is transforming Seacoast Bank's digital strategy through the use of this technique, right? Through the use of, of thinking about customer experience in this concentric circles kind of way. So, um, so Noah, can you give us a little bit of context here? What were the first steps? How did when you, when you started working with Seacoast Bank, um, or maybe just start by telling us a little bit about Seacoast Bank, and then we can dive sure. into the first steps and the engagement that you have with them. Yeah, yeah, no problem. So, yeah, we've been working with Seacoast for uh, uh, quite a number of years, and uh, their relationship with us has expanded a lot um, in the near term to be a, a real full-on engagement for. Um, uh, like full digital 
agent, uh, agency of record sort of stuff. So we're really their entire uh, digital strategic solution partner. And um, they are a regional bank in Florida, about maybe in the area of 30 to 40 branch locations. Uh, but they are also an online banking uh, play, right? They have uh, uh, what they call the, the virtual branch, as any bank does, right? So um, it's their virtual branch existence that they are very keen to continue to grow and uh, to with with more and more customers doing more and more things with the bank. And it was that that's the, the challenge or the, the framing of the challenge that they're having us come in to help with uh, by applying our, our various solutions. I see. Okay. Well, and so that's great context. And, and so when they, how, well, how exactly did they define the why to you or what were the first steps that you took to uncover it? Mm -hmm. So it's a process that really starts um, for with us all the way from the prospecting and sales engagement um, on to uh, when we actually um, uh, engage with a customer and hand them over to the uh, uh, account management team and then the execution team. You know, we're we're making sure that um, these their goals and objectives are are clearly defined and are and communicated you know, throughout that journey. So with, with Seacoast, um, they, they know their goals, right? They, they absolutely want to, uh, in, in kind of, well, so it's, it's, a, it's a publicly traded bank, right? It's a public bank. Um, they actually are celebrating their 90th uh, year anniversary this year. So um, they're, they're, an, yeah, they're an established bank. Um, they have the uh, kind of similar highest level goals of any publicly traded bank. You know, they want investors. They want to, you know, they want uh, to, to win on, uh, on those kinds of levels. But at the, uh, the business side of the bank um, has as its overarching goal to increase wallet share. It, wallet mm -hmm. share is easily understood as, you know, like if I'm, I'm going to go and open up a personal checking account, Expanding my wallet share would be if I also got a savings account, if I refinanced my home, if I did some online bill pay with you, if I, you know, uh, you know all that, that, you know, more and more of my financial um, needs and services, they want to expand the wallet share of their customers while expanding their customer base. So a pretty logical, sounds like a pretty logical universal banking goal, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So... We specifically, uh, being a digital agency, we are specifically working with um, their digital team and their digital department. So the digital team has a um, a more concise goal, although it does, in their own words, it seems a little more esoteric. It is truly to become an inbound juggernaut. I hmm. kid you not. This, this, these are these are like the the true words from their lips. It, you know, we go and we meet with them. That's the goal, and it's great, right? It's a very empowering. It's a super exciting. I mean, it's a great phrase. Like, yeah, let's be an inbound juggernaut. And uh, so that's that's something. Sorry to interrupt you there, Noah, but that's something that they defined when you started the engagement with them. That this term of becoming an inbound juggernaut. I'm sure they knew it before we started the engagement with them. That they they had developed that and everything from a digital standpoint that serves the expansion of wallet share, which uh, 
serves the uh, the success of the bank financially that spurs more investors in the bank mm-hmm. um, very well defined you know they 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 are pretty buttoned up and you know mm-hmm. have defined those things and gave it um, I mean I, I titled it this being an inbound juggernaut it's a it means something to them it, that that those words really so do. you know you know what I found interesting is that that that, that term is I mean it's it is very powerful, but from an agency standpoint, you you hear that from your client, and what do you do with that information? Right? You say, okay, that's 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 really interesting. Now, how do I take that information and apply customer centricity, apply customer experience from my end to be able to act on that, create tactics around it, or or to just at least provide a, a clear direction for that? That's right, exactly, and that, and that's the, that's our first challenge. Um, once we've uh, established a goal is how are we, cause since I'm not, I can't turn around and open up my, my 55 gallon drum of juggernautness. <laughs> you don't have one right. of those lying around. I, I, yeah. <laughs> so, so, but we, so we have to help them. We have to distill it into um, uh, things that uh, we can track over time. So the, the, so once we have a goal, this be to be an inbound juggernaut, we nurse out and uh, um, define with a client, well, how will we know in one year that you become an inbound juggernaut? How are we going to know? We're going to wake up one day in a year or whatever, and, and, and what are going to be some of the tells? Um, this is very much like uh, if you think of a goal to lose weight, super good. That's a great goal. Well, how will you know uh, when you've lost weight? to meet that goal? What does it mean to you to lose weight? Well, um, if, if losing weight is my goal, the objective to reach that goal would be to drop 15 pounds, mm-hmm. right? If I can drop 15 pounds, now I've got a number. And if I can drop 15 pounds, I will have successfully met my goal of losing weight. And then below, so the objective, drop 15 pounds. Mm-hmm. Some of the tactics or what we sometimes call opportunities um, to to uh, reach that objective would be, I'm going to go to the gym three times a week. I'm going to eat uh, a more healthy diet. I'm going to stop drinking beer at night. You know, you know the, the, those are like three tactical things that I can use to reach my objective to lose 15 pounds to hit my goal. I lost weight, right? So we do that same sort of exercise with our clients' business goals. Um, in the Seacoast example, we were able to determine that there were two key and codependent objectives that would let them know that they have been progressing or made progress toward becoming this inbound juggernaut. Mm-hmm. One of them um, is a, a very uh, numbers-driven, and, e- and I won't say it's easy to to measure, but it's, it's very measurable. And that is, um, they want to maximize customer first touches that originate from their website. Okay. So, um, th- they have, cause they have physical branch locations, um, where people can walk in, um, they, they, they see the relationship between the online branch and the physical branches as their, their part and parcel. It's one large business, but if they're going to become an inbound juggernaut from a digital perspective, one of the ways that they can know that they're being successful at that is by increasing the number of new clients that they can trace back to having come from the digital experience. So we put a milestone target on that customer first touch at 70%, right? So if we can wake up one day in 2018 
and look at the report for the last quarter and show that 70% of all new customers for Seacoast Bank originated from the website, ring the juggernaut bell. That is clearly a sign that they've reached, reached it or at least right. reached that milestone. Okay. So now we have, we have some, we have a number. It was like, okay, wow. Now we, we have something we can, we can drive toward and then uh, BFO can layer a whole variety of tactical, strategic um, programs and solutions to help do that. Obviously, driving more traffic to a website, driving more quality traffic to a website, having better in, in, uh, engageable content, right? Like leading a customer through their own journey on the client's website um, to, to uh, do business with Seacoast more quickly and more easily, right? So that, there's a lot of different things that layer under that back down to the what, right? The, the, the hows and the whats. Uh, but the why, going back to that objective, is we want to get more first uh, customer first touches originating from the website. So that's one. The second one is actually kind of interesting, um, but it is one of the tells that would, will let the digital department know that they, uh, they are succeeding in this path toward juggernaut tree. I like that. I'm sure I invented that word. <laughs> um, so, so one of the, uh, their second key objective is to establish baselines via measurements and what we call with them data storytelling. So uh, establishing baselines, they're pretty sure they get uh, a significant amount of customer first touch touches originating from their website right now, right? They've got their hunch that it may, it's probably, it could be in the 20%, 25% range right now. Um, they're pretty sure of that. However, um, they're not 100% sure. <laughs> so um, we, uh, as part of the first phase of our engagement to go toward these goals, we are going to make absolutely sure that all of the data, analytics, measures, metrics, and attribution um, is properly set up and properly rendering true numbers so that we can, we want to wake up in six months and say, the baseline today is 32% of all customer first touches originating from the website, right? So now we know where we're starting. We, we've confirmed it. Everybody's got buy-in. Everybody sees the numbers and believes the numbers. Now let's push towards 70% as the, 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 the milestone that we're going to reach for. So there's an entire uh, objective project around establishing those baselines. These are things that will also be very handy for the digital team to prove to the rest of the bank, because it's a bank, there's not all digital savvy people using their phones, right? It, to, to prove to this 90-year-old bank that the, the virtual branch, the website itself, actually can support tremendous scaled growth for the bank proper. Right. So it, it old school bank, and it's, it's kind of, this goes to that phrase you might have heard, like the, the clicks and mortar, right? Mm -hmm. it's like that, that the evolution of a traditionally brick and mortar business into the digital space. You know, there's a lot of, you know, you got to get a lot of buy in and belief from several different members of an organization. And a bank, as you might well imagine, has probably got a lot of semi naysayers or doubters. Um, so part of this, this objective is helping our main team of contacts successfully win the hearts and minds of the rest of the bank 
so that they can continue to get budget and continue to uh, you know launch new projects, et cetera, et cetera, and just validate you know the 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 purpose and existence of that whole digital team. So yep. establishing baselines and maximizing those customer first touches, those are our objectives. So we have um, really tangible things that can be measured. So that's really the why for Seacoast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think that uh, that makes a lot of sense. And I'm imagining that a lot of this, those two objectives came after a, a series of dialogue and, you know, it, it, it just in general, a, a lot of strategic conversations with Seacoast to arrive at those goals. Um, what I wonder sometimes is how do you how do you uh, how do you ensure alignment? You know, because what a lot of organizations find very challenging is they can put uh, if when you're working in partnership with another organization, you put goals in place, you're putting uh, uh, the, these visions in place, and what tends to happen is. you know, sometimes organizations can't really get on the same page or maybe those, some of the, the why is left to a little bit more interpretation, you know, in terms of tactically on the ground, how do, how are we really executing on the, on these things? How do you ensure alignment, right? How do you make sure that everybody has the same understanding and is all rowing, everyone's rowing in the same direction? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. And it certainly can be a challenge. I I think the, the easiest way for me to frame uh, the way that we approach it is, you know, we, we need to talk to stakeholders, right? So um, we, whether it's a, a stakeholder as a division or a, a C-suite of, of uh, leaders in a company, um, we, we, we need to push toward a full room of head nodding agreement that um, here are some, here's the goal, and here are some objectives to reaching that goal. And here are some numbers related to those objectives that would indicate at the end of the day, success. Um, yeah. And I think it's also, you know what? I also think that it's getting on, it's also appealing to an emotional side of the people involved, you know, and it's also making the goal as, as relatable to the executives as it is to the people that are uh, executing in, in conjunction with you. Uh, there is sort of that, that alignment piece is just fascinating to me because it's one of the biggest challenges that any company that's trying to be customer centric will face. There will invariably be disagreements between what the customer, even if we think we're on the same page, sometimes we will we will inv- we will not exactly be thinking about a a a strategy or an issue in the same way as our customer uh, is. You know, yeah, absolutely. We we even sometimes uh, uh, try and frame our from a relationship standpoint is to have as much empathy as possible to really mm-hmm. you know try and uh, live a day in the shoes of your. Uh, your direct contact at um, a, at a client's business. I mean, it, it is it does not hurt to have in the back of your mind. Wouldn't it be great if this person that I'm doing all this work for got a promotion as a result right. of this incredible work that I've done with them? Right. That it's not you know it's not just that. Wow, I can really optimize keywords, and boy oh boy, can I make you know whatever. Right. It's not what it's not the what that I'm doing so well, but what so what, right? So what, what, what was the impact of that? And really, you know, really uh, taking on, and again, this comes back to advocacy. You know, you are, you are devoted to your client's objectives and those can be very personal. There's, there's yeah. every reason in the world to connect to someone's core personal human um, 
goals. And we, we, we encourage, you know, we, we're a very friendly organization. Um, it's funny, you know, last, last year we won, uh, in the ad age voted us the best digital, no, the best agency, marketing agency to work for in the country. So mm. it's a great act. Congratulations. Well, thank you. But I, I, we've, we've tried to take that one step further and say, it's great that we're a great place to work. You know, we're, you know, we're a digital agency in Chicago. So it's, it's, a, it's a nice place and a great climate. But we want to be the best agency to work with, right? How do we do that? If, if we're so good at paying attention to the, the personal needs and human development and relationships here in the office, how can we translate that devotion to ourselves to the a devotion to the human customers that we have? And yeah. um, it resonates really well. It resonates up through our core values of the company. And we try to, to reflect those inward and outward. And that all kind of plays into, again, that really aligning, resonating with our customers, the things that make the customer tick. They're, they're at, we, I typically refer to it as the client language. Right. And it's, and it's being able to listen to that. I think it, it, it all goes back to really, really listening for that client language and trying to, to learn it. Right. Because that's what's, and, and you made a great point before, which is, you know, you have this customer experience that's happening between you and the customer or the client themselves. Right. But then there's also the customer experience that you're providing to the individuals that you're working with on a day-to-day basis. Right. And they have different objectives that they have their own personal whys, hows, and what's that you should be considering as well, you know, and, and, and listening for those things becomes a critical, uh, a critical key to success in my, in my opinion, because that, that's how you can, really drive the results. You can map out the critical steps so that, so that everybody is aligned and, and operating on the same uh, strategy and objectives. Yeah, I, I agree. And um, it also pays to take the time to make sure you did hear what they said correctly. Um, to, 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 to take a client through a meeting where the, the only purpose of the meeting is to make sure that our team fully understand their goals and objectives. So we're going to pare it back everything that we think we've heard you say to make sure that we weren't wrong. And it's, it's actually sometimes as exciting to have been wrong as it is to have just knocked it all out of the park and been right. Mm -hmm. And, And in being wrong, all we're doing is demonstrating that we were listening and it's okay in the grand game of telephone and, and, you know, communication to, to miss something or to uncover something new. It's always a great engagement. And that is, that is, I mean, that, that is true advocacy and customer centricity. Absolutely. And, you know, so I guess to sort of uh, wrap the project up, can you tell us what were the results? Tell us a little bit about how, you know, this approach worked with Seacoast specifically. Did, did they meet those two objectives that we discussed previously? And uh, what, what other objectives came up, if any? I guess I'd love to hear how this customer-centric uh, approach that BFO takes, uh, what were the fruits of that? Yeah, so actually, it's kind of all in flight right now. So we we are in the midst of executing upon those objectives and goals. So I think that the to kind of button up the end of the story, the results that come or came from our going through the exercise with Seacoast to um, to quantify and define their goals and objectives is now we know exactly what sorts of uh, tools and tactics are we going to bring to bear and in what order to maximize 
Seacoast's investment with BFO. So, you know, we do digital strategy, analytics, marketing automation, organic media optimization, and paid media management, right? Those are, that, that's kind of like our tool belt. Um, we've determined now the, the course of action um, over the first six months, 12 months, and even 24 months of the campaign so that we're doing everything in um, an order, in a prioritized order that will bear the most fruit most quickly for, mm -hmm. for the engagement. So the, the cleaning up of d data, right? I mean, the, the analytics, you know, getting under the hood and fixing all the tagging or, or just examining everything to make sure that the data that the website is telling us, is it right? Is it wrong? Is it, is it almost right? You know, the clean, that, that's like, that's first and foremost. Um, so those things are at play right now, but it's really just knowing, being able to, with, for an account director to be able to go back to Seacoast and say, mm -hmm. okay, here's the wrap up of, of Q1. Um, here are the things that we did, but more importantly, here's how the things that we did are serving like stage one of four in the objective to um, maximize customer first touches originating from the website, right? So it's always tying back to their language, to what's important to them so that, um, well, one, so their eyes don't glaze over and they get bored with us talking about boring data tagging and, and stuff, but but that they really see the connection to like, here are the, yeah, here's the way that we are, you know, this is what we are doing um, off of our tool belt to actually reach that goal. Sort of that whole thing about- Yeah, you're the, speaking the same language. Exactly, exactly. Excellent. Well, I, I'm looking very much forward to hearing how things develop. I hope that we can stay in touch and maybe talk again and, and learn about some of the results. That sounds fantastic. I wanted to just, just wrap up with uh, two more questions, uh, our lightning questions here. So how important do you think that customer experience is for BFO? Um, for BFO, customer experience um, is extremely important. I think, not to sound cliche, but um, as a growing organization, uh, expanding our own footprint into broader and larger client engagements, this um, uh, devotion to customer advocacy, this um, uh, reliance on uh, resonating all the things that BFO does with the client's goals in the client's language and really for the client's purpose, that true client focus is pivotal. Otherwise, we're just, you know, something you pick up off a shelf and stick a bunch of keywords in and a bunch of advertising budget and try to turn out your leads. And it's, it's, it's dry, it's boring, and it, and it can be exhausted very easily. The true, the true, the true difference is is having a an actual relationship, a business to business, humanized relationship with uh, with client. Yeah, true partnership. Exactly. And last question: what What does the future of customer experience look like to you? <laughs> I, uh, I I I try never to like look into a crystal ball. I I, <laughs> I think if if I if I had been asked that question five or, or 10 years ago, um, I would see customer experience as being something more and more personalized um, on like on the web, having been in digital stuff, you know, for, for a long time, like how can I get a, a, a message, uh, a more pointed and personal message to an audience online? And I think that um, 
there, there might, we might still have a road to travel in doing that effectively and maybe, uh, making that sort of a personalized customer experience, um, scalable, uh, for, um, any number of customers and any type of business. So it, you could, if you can pull that off, uh, for a plumbing company as easily as you can for an online bank, um, that would be quite, quite a coup. So across the board, mass customization, mass curation. Yeah, I mean, you know, people are people are busy. People, you know, want to you know get uh, what they're looking for as quickly as possible. And like I said, like in the way that I define that the customer experience, you know, this is all about a per, a user or a customer is bringing their own personal expectations and needs to the customer engagement. All we can do is try and set the experience design in motion to help them meet those expectations and needs as quickly and painlessly as possible. So um, I, let's just say the future will do that even better. <laughs> <laughs> and we all, we all look forward to it. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Uh, all right. Well, thank you, Noah, so much for taking the time to speak with us today. It was really incredibly interesting to hear about BFO's methodology and how you've applied it with Seacoast. We really appreciate you taking the time. I, I very much hope that you uh, come back and, and speak with us again very, very soon. And uh, to all of you out there listening, keep making moves. You've been listening to Movers and Shakers, the Sale Move podcast on customer experience. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to our podcast via iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. To learn how SaleMove enables companies to provide an in-person customer experience online, please visit salemove.com.